And we're back. This is KG in the Fifth World Wildcat with our latest and greatest podcast. How you doing, sir? Just finding you this morning, sir. Good. Doing good. It's the middle of the week. It's hot day. Yes, sir. We're doing very well. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, what do you want to talk about, sir? And I'm in a I'm in a bitter five move toward the NBA because they are really pissing me off with their non-negotiating and lack of progress toward reaching a new agreement. But I will discuss them briefly. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, the president, the EuroLeague president, said that's what I was waiting. That they have, he doubts that uh, EuroLeague teams will sign players, NBA players, uh, especially without clauses in the contracts, because he wants. He says their clubs need to have stable rosters. He does not believe that they would allow players, NBA players, to come over for a month and then go back if the lockout ends. So if that is the case, there is one less option for NBA players to uh, have available to them during the lockout. Uh, those teams in those particular leagues, well, in the Euro League, I put it like that. So the money league, those, those teams have money. Okay. All right. Now, that, that's, that, that's, that resolves that question. Number two is, Apparently, those that particular league is connected more so with the NBA on a regular basis as far as interacting than the other leagues because apparently I hear a lot more Southeast Asia teams uh, are starting to come into play as far as these guys talking about going playing. Well, China, the guys, NBA guys believe China has more money to uh, spend than the early teams, the teams in Greece, teams in Spain, because despite those leagues, the teams those leagues having money, the country as a whole is having economic problems. So they may be cutting back on spending lavishly on star players, international star players especially. So there's not that many options for NBA star players to make money overseas with a lockout. You know, China is still holding fast to their basically the same thing. We're not going to allow any players to come over here and then go back. They have to save for the whole contract. So if China is sticking with that, very few NBA guys are going to be willing to play in China for a year and probably make less money assuming the lockout ends, which is a whole other issue because I don't think the lockout's going to end anytime soon. I think the whole season will be wiped out. So, you know, despite LeBron James saying, I believe Monday, saying that he's optimistic that uh, there will be a season. Young Bucks. You know. Young Bucks. I, I admire his optimism, but unless LeBron star players get on negotiation to say, okay, this this is what we want, this is what, let's, let's talk. What do you want to do? What do you? What, this is what we want to do. Let's get, let's get this done. So what happens is, it's not going to be a season. Well, folks, for one thing, I, uh, I'll be posting later on today uh, a conversation with a young man that is playing overseas in uh, the Ukraine and, and uh, Turkey. Um, That's different, man. Ukraine's in like Russia, isn't it? Hey, Turkey, Ukraine. What? Who was the young man? Uh, the young man is Zoe Williams, uh, former Rice Isle player. And where will this interview be posted, sir? Uh, it will be posted at the blogger, the CSR blogger. It is AKSV dot blogspot dot com. And you are again? I am the fifth Ward Wildcat. Do you have uh, Twitter? I have Twitter. Hashtag uh, AKSV the CSR. 
And as he says here at the Flippin' Wildcat, I am KG. My website, the Houston Round Ball Review website, is www.houstonroundballreview.com. I'm also on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R-Review. Also on uh, YouTube, I have a Facebook fan page as well. So now we talk about uh, how long, well, what does those say? Um, he talks about a lot of things. And of course, don't get away your whole interview. You still have folks well, uh, And matter of fact, uh, you can find it that uh, it, it'll be located at the blogs, but you will locate the blog from www.kingsideview.com, which is online. The monthly news, uh, news uh, magazine is in print, and weekly, daily contributors are adding to the website. Most recently, as this past weekend, you, my blog will be updated as of today. Um, the conversation between Zoe and I it consisted of several things. One, why he was uh, uh, in the gym uh, working at uh, O Red Rice. Uh, two, it talks about his time there at Rice and his experience in playing overseas. He talks about uh, training camp. He talks about the regular season. And he gives a very blunt view of what the league, the Euro League, uh, is overseas. What can happen and what you have to be prepared for. One of the big things he talks about, and I'll let you uh, listen to what he has to say uh, this afternoon, he talks about the culture shock. And a lot of guys are not accustomed to one or two things. One, uh, trying to overcome the language barrier and two living arrangements sounds good sounds good now you were at Rice Saturday or so over the weekend yeah on the weekend and you were also there at Rice for what football media day it was interesting to, to say the least it was the first time uh, since I've been covering them that all uh, both coordinators and the head coach both spoke on media day um, didn't do a lot of conversation it was the first time since I've been covering Rice over this period that the both coordinators and the head coach was uh, involved in speaking on football media day. It was interesting in that the fact that uh, this is a senior laden squad. Last time they had a, a successful season football wise was when they had uh, Chase, JD, uh, uh, Jared Dillon, uh, which is now who is now playing with the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, and uh, Chase who played in the. Um, uh, offshoot league uh, for uh, Las Vegas this year for football. Um, that group, when they uh, Rice had a 10-win season, an All-American, and they won a bowl game. So it'll be interesting on how this group transpires compared to what that senior group did. The other thing is that uh, looking forward to this first game against uh, against Texas, it was it should be a statement game for both teams of where they are mentally and where they will go from there. Will it be just two ships passing in the night or will the one ship will be headed off in the right direction and the other chasing? What do you think will happen? Statement, Texas should do what Texas does. That is a squash. Rice should be able to play with them up to a point 
Is that point the first quarter, second quarter? Will be a game at halftime? Halftime. And then adjustments, bam. Changes should be made and things should be moving forward. What do you predict for Rice uh, football this year? Uh, they should have a uh, seven-win season this year. Will one of those wins once again be over my Houston Cougars? Uh, that's be, that'll be interesting. That, that will be real interesting because uh, I won't say that um, the difference has been um, quarterback because Cases uh, on the miss what one game over the last two years against right this last year yeah and that was the what second or third win it was second of the last three years yeah both at Rice so there you go uh, it was just it depend on mentally where things are at that point and speaking of that. You remember last week we mentioned about uh, A&M and Oklahoma, and you were mentioning how the polls and all had, had uh, Oklahoma number one. Mm-hmm. Now, sad to say, um, on yesterday, Oklahoma lost their uh, Big 12 uh, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Mr. Lewis. Hell of a player. Um, it'll be interesting how this group picks up the slack and moves forward because he is definitely a leader of this squad this year. Uh, he's supposed to be out for the six to eight weeks. Hopefully not that long, but uh, you never know, especially with a foot uh, foot bone. And he's he's going to miss uh, their September 17th game versus Florida State in Tallahassee, so right. that's going to be a big blow to them. Um, and to see here, and he's there, I think, leading tackle. Travis Lewis is his name. Yeah. Broke on his, in his left foot, so, you know, we'll see how much, we'll see if, if OU's depth will be uh, enough to make up for his absence. That would be key. Florida State All teams involved. He's, I think, fifth, fourth, fifth in, right. in the poll, preseason poll, soon as number one. It should be a, 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 a very good matchup. We'll see where both teams are on September 17th. Um, Let's just talk about Yao Ming, contributor, uh, being nominated for Basketball Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's great um, because that's what he—that's uh, who he was. He changed the mentality of a nation, uh, well, a nation of two continents, basically between both basketball uh, prowess and financial gain. Because let's admit this to one specific point. It was a crapshoot as far as a basketball player. But the offshoot that reaped rewards for everybody involved was financial, both for the league, for the Rockets, for the city, and for uh, a lot of players in the league now that have. Uh, well, endorsements and uh, uh, financial uh, backing from uh, from China. So, real quick, because this will be my last thoughts on NBA related stuff. JVG Jeff and Gundy told uh, Mark Berman of Fox Sports Houston that he believes Yao shouldn't go in as a contributor. He thinks Yao should wait and try to for his uh, five year and go in as a basketball player. So, do you? Agree with that? I'm not too sure. I'd, I think y'all is deserving of going in the Hall of Fame as a basketball player. Well, contributor, no doubt. And I, I need to do my research now as far as the numbers and all compared to his amount of time in the league and uh, 
injuries compared and, and minutes compared compared with other guys that are already in the in the uh, uh, in the Hall of Fame. Not just guys from overseas, but from guys here in the league. Because uh, somebody mentioned uh, over the weekend about his best year in the league. I think it was oh six oh seven when he was averaging about twenty three and thirteen. That's, I mean, that sounds about the right year he was dominant. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you look back at that particular year, how many years did he have of, did he average double-double over the uh, over the season, at least, let's say, 40 games? Um, well, personally, he's got to do it for a whole year, you know, more than once. You know, that's all a fan of me, you know. Yeah, was great for maybe two, two, three years, and he was dominant, he was healthy. And health is part of it in my criteria as well. So, basketball player-wise, I'd say no. You know, you go back and look at the numbers, and maybe things will change in my viewpoint. But right now, basketball, I'd say no. Contributor, without a doubt. And then still ball back to what we've always discussed um, as far as the Hall of Fame, people that are voting. Uh, and, and since you and I are not on that committee, I mean, we can bring stuff to the committee, but we can't vote on it. So what it will boil down to is how it's presented to the committee and how the committee will vote. Just talking about voting or potentially voting, the NTA big wigs are meeting right now in Indianapolis at the headquarters where we've been. We've seen the headquarters. Um, They're on the street right now. Talking about uh, <coughs> potential changes to um, major, major changes across the college landscape. But one of the things in particular that is being discussed for a vote is the potential of going away from the year-to-year scholarships and returning to the full-ride 40 scholarships. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, two things they're discussing. Uh, one, changing the size of the rule book, having the rules and all that need to be involved as far as governing uh, the NC2A. And number two, going from year-to-year uh, scholarships back to a full ride. Um, last I remember, it's been about um, almost 20 years now since the last uh, full ride offers were given out on any level. And other than baseball, which I'm going I'm to do a, a, a check on it to make sure that I, I have this correctly, so I won't mention a whole lot about it. Uh, baseball is the only sport that I think that uh, that, and that provides has provisions and are set aside for scholarships. You know, as far as able to reuse, uh, roll over and reuse on a year-to-year basis. But getting back to what you just mentioned and how things are governed. If you go back to a full ride, that money is put in escrow, and I don't know how you will provide, uh, would allow that money to be used otherwise. Once that kid leaves, if you got a one and done and you got him on a full ride, what happens to the next group, you know, the next set of recruits that's coming in? Our guy doesn't pan out, he flunks out. You know, how long are you set aside while you have to uh, go and, um, let's see, be not allowed to to use you know the scholarships and all and the next person the next person coming in baseball consists of uh, because of the draft rule um, those provisions set in now when you go from year to year which is basically what the scholarships are right now back to a full ride how do you set aside um Set aside the money and all. Once the kid, either one kid doesn't pan out, flunks out. Now you got money sitting, you know, 
that's not a, at the city's a fallback to the general uh, scholarship fund uh, back into athletics uh, general fund. Number two, you got a kid that's a, especially in basketball because we I see it often, you know, one and done. Uh, that kid now has left you in a lurch, you know, with money. And unless you put a provision in the uh, rules or in the uh, uh, in the book that will allow you to reuse that money if that kid decides not to come back and graduate or go comes back to school. You have to set, you know, money has to be provided for the next kid coming in. Now, number three, which is the most important, the APR. Right. Now, you just, okay. now you just, you just went into a situation where grades and GPA averages and all sitting there. You've got a kid now that has left school, has no intention of coming back, and that kid is on the clock and all as far as making a return or trying to graduate. And you have to wait. And if that applies, which is a, what, a, what is applied right now, now you're really screwed because you've gone with, let's say, $70,000 and only maybe what fifteen or twenty that's been used. Now you got fifty thousand dollars that's sitting out there that you can't even get put your hands on as far as the next going toward uh scholarship toward the next kid. Hopefully some of these bigger programs which are non BCS schools but because of what they provide on campus, you get some chairs, scholarship chairs. Like uh, some of the, uh, the uh, basketball programs that we know in the uh, some of the BCS schools, you know, every scholarship is individually founded by a a group or a education fund or foundation, and it's not a school chair. Um, so maybe that that helps you out, but in the long run, you pretty much are screwed if those you know it's not reworded and redone as far as when that money becomes available if that kid leaves what do you provide if that kid decides to come back and how do you set that up for every scholarship athlete let's, let's take it another way what are your thoughts on the current situation where scholarship is given year to year because um you know, especially in the big time programs, um, coaches ask players. Well, no, let's just put it put it out there in, in a simple term. Players are over recruited, or, or recruited over. Better way to put it, they're recruited over. Right. So, a coach may get a more talented player coming in, and then the kid, the current kid on the roster. Scholarship is not renewed. What are your thoughts on that? Now, mind you, that because of the, of the APR numbers, it behooves the school to see that that kid who's being replaced or is not getting a scholarship renewed is placed somewhere to uh, further his education, correct? Yeah. And that's the way it's handled. Right. And, but in most cases, it's not. It's, not. it's basically, uh, son, look. Things not working for a daughter. Capital on the side too. That's right, man. Whoever, kid. I'm being honest with you. Things not working out. 
whether on the class in the classroom and if it happens in the classroom then you got legitimacy you can legitimately go and get some things done uh, but when it's underhanded when, let's be real it, it does get underhanded uh, you're just not getting it done on the field on the court so in the process we're making a move and we're going in another direction so this is the options that you have and all available for you read it check it off you know see what you want to do and get back with me you know, and, and trust me that happens oh yeah that happened in cases like that if a kid decides to sign off on it no no sign off on it and then transfers to another program he still has to sit out that he or she still has to sit out a year right is that right only only if it's a sideways move and a sideways move is going from one division program to another division one program and football is going from uh, uh, Division One to Division One, and basketball is across the basketball and and the other sports is across the board. And the Division One program is all still Division One. Football is the only difference that, uh, that's set up, uh, and that's basically because you have the college football bowl series and college football championship series, which are two differences. Uh, one, you just play a bowl game and you get crowned champion. And the championship series, you have playoffs. And you actually play your way through and win a championship, which is... What a novel concept. True. And it's scary. It is truly scary because that seems so logical. But, as we both know, NC2A is not... Well, on that level. Well, it's not well, NCAA, but it's hard to public BCA. Ah. Supposedly. Thank you. Okay. Now, but um, on the other hand... Once you hand the paperwork across to the kid, you basically say, look, son, uh, young lady, this is not an option. You didn't get it done. I'm bringing somebody in that's better than you. And you either sign off on it or your scholarship definitely will not be renewed. So you need to find you a place to go, and I'm not responsible for you. And trust me, that happens. That happens more oh. so than in, than the, than the uh, prior. But in those cases, if that happens, that has a negative impact on the school's APR. True. Okay. And, and that, but when that happens, that's because the person in charge at that time, and I'm not seeing it, then that, and that's basically across the board. The person that's in charge basically doesn't give a damn about the APR. And for those who don't know, <clears throat> APR stands for Academic Progress Rate. And so, I mean, that is what the NCAA is, is uh, using that to calculate and judge uh, schools' progress towards student-athletes graduating. Right. And I, I see now they want to change the uh, interest level uh, for athletes across the board to, to a uh, 2.5. Uh, do you think it's viable? Be- depending on uh, because of what you see happening in the high schools. Well, public and private. Well, I mean, tell it like it is. High school education, education is getting worse. The teaching is, is being, you know... Well, is it test-driven or, or curriculum? That's, that's the problem. If it's test-driven, 
me and all the students are, be, are learning is how to pass the test. They're not learning how to excel in core classes, in the core curriculum, which is needed on the NCA level. Because the NCA level may not, is not specifically geared toward tax test. You know, what students did to pass their tax test may not help them get uh, the required grades, passing grades in the core classes toward a college uh, degree in your college. So it's two different things. You know, that's why a kid can go transfer from Texas and go to Arkansas because if they don't have a tax test, but still get a high school degree. You know, and because he gets a high school degree, he's eligible to get his college scholarship. So it happens like that all over the place. You know, it's different. Education needs to be improved, uh, public and private. It needs to be emphasized. Um, students need to learn. Teachers need to teach. But we also know that if you raise GPA requirements from 2.0 to 2.5, it's going to cause some more abuse and cheating and involve some athletes, especially high price, the superstar athletes are going to uh, slide by, get you know, in, depending on how good they are, depending on where they are, city, statewide, you know, it may be more uh, coaches, coaching, coaches come to a teacher and say, hey, uh, you got to pass Jimmy or, or Janie, and I, I need... I need her to get a him or her to get an A in this class. If they can't get a D, it hurts their GPA. Their GPA is hurting it. Then they get scholarship, they get scholarship, and I don't get whatever. You know, so that happens all over the place. So it, the NCA is proposing all kinds of landmark changes, but these landmark changes will have a huge trickle-down impact from the NCA level to the high school level. So um, <clears throat> making the changes is a noble gesture, but we'll see the impact that it makes. It could be long-lasting and hurt a lot of folks. And, and it may end up just uh, pushing a lot of things, uh, more than things, on the table than are. Well, uh, I'm going to phrase it this way. If changes are made on NC2A level, I have to believe that it will force education changes in the high schools because of what you just said. If something is not implemented on the high school level as far as learn, uh, curriculum, cha- uh, cu- curriculum core changes, it will definitely not be uh, successful on a college level, but you got to make a change somewhere. And for college athletics to succeed on all levels, Title IX, men's, women's sports, ancillary sports, um, profiteering, um, profit revenue sharing, uh, programs, BCS, it won't matter if you don't make a stand somewhere. And apparently, uh, the new sheriff in town, uh, President Emmerich, is making a stand. And we still hadn't figured out what exactly is going to happen. And it falls back to this one particular school. What would be the final word with Ohio State? Because the season is getting ready to get started. 
and every, all those parties involved are now have been moved on. Um, did well, I'm gonna say it like this: Will Ohio State bite the bullet for everybody else, or will that be a body slam and then we'll move forward? <clears throat> we'll see because Ohio State meets the NCAA and what is it called the Infractions Committee on uh, Friday and I still hadn't had hadn't, uh, that phrase still has not come up in a conversation lack of institutional control correct for whatever reason so when you look at this even from the inside or outside and, and because you haven't heard that it seems like they will not get hit as hard as USC right and, and, I, and we all know that was a lack of institutional control and, but if but it's USC could argue Ohio State had more lack of institutional control than we did. So why are they getting, in comparison, a potential slap on the wrist compared to what we got? And let's, the, the basic difference between the two schools, one, you have a paper trail. One, you have a trail, period. Uh, and the other, uh, you have it, it's all about verbal. And when you have a paper trail, it's all, it's all in the third party. And, all, and the folks involved have been long gone from the school. This is all too serious for me. Is there anything on a, on a happy athletic note that you want to add to the KG Fifth Wildcat podcast this well, week, sir? Yeah. Friday night. Friday night, college sports start here in town. Um, it'll be HBU and Rice women's soccer, I know, but hey, college sports get started. Then you know well, that's there. That's here. That's important to you. That's what you do. So that's, that's, that's right. That's fun. It, it gets started, and that means around within a week or two weeks, college football will be moving, moving. Labor Day weekend, uh, the third of uh, September, Rice and UT. U of H and UCLA. Uh, it's almost right now. Is that a corner flip? And it'll actually depend on what I see in practice. Is where I will uh, uh, decide on where I'll be that day. Okay. It'll be that simple. Since we don't have a already classic schedule. Well, <laughs> for whatever reason. Te- technically. No, 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 no. Technically, it's not. It's not Labor Day classic. It's just move back a week later. So what do we have? You Texas Southern will play each other, but it's not Labor Day weekend. It's to be the following weekend. But I don't blame Prairie View. You had, had an opportunity to be on uh, on television. Folks, you got to go with the money. Play in the Swag Challenge. Hey, I got no problem with that. Makes sense to me. Um, One other thing, um, and this is in high school, uh, on August 27th at Del Mar Field uh, Stadium, it'll be the uh, Booker Bryan. Uh, classic uh, between Booker T. Washington and Yates. Folks, come out and watch. Uh, game time is set yet? Uh, yes, hold on. Uh, game time is at 7 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. Let me make sure here. Because, you know, as, as a Wildcats State College, athletic kicks kicks off Friday. Well, the NFL preseason starts on Thursday. 
So all you football fans out there, rejoice. Um, so oh, here it is. Uh, kickoff is at 6 o'clock p.m. Jack Ace 9 and Booker T. Washington Eagles, Saturday, August 27th, Delmar Stadium. Pre-game festivities start at 5 o'clock. Brought to you by King Arthur Productions. The King Arthur Production crew, which I am a part of, www.kingsideview.com. This is the Fifth Ward Wildcat, college sports reporter. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for us. I'm KG, Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review. Get me on my website, www.houstonroundballreview.com. Both of us are on Twitter. All this information you can see on the website. Hope you've enjoyed this wide-ranging uh, podcast today. We got into a long discussion with the NC2A, but that's what we are. That's who we are. Because that, that concerns both of us because what transpires out of this summer's retreat, this summer's discussion, will be put on the table and vote, voted by the uh, presidents and the ADs uh, during the year. And keep in mind, uh, I think August 22nd, another meeting with the NTA meeting of the minds will, will involve uh, basically the Longhorn Network right. and those ramifications. So that'll be another topic for our future podcast. And, you know, I, I'm sure you heard the last couple of days, and I don't know if it's what's happened thus far today, but the A&M Board of Regents is uh, discussing potentially into the SEC. We got time. And immediately. We, we, we got, got time. Uh, we got time. So we, that'll be another topic for discussion. Uh, and that's hap- happening. Uh, that discussion is, is ongoing. Um, things are moving in a fast clip. And basically what it has boiled down to, Longhorns went and got their network. And the folks at A&M says, look. We're tired of sitting in the back, at, you know, sitting in the kitchen. We need to be sitting in the living room right at, the, at the front door. And so that expenses with us winning, right? Well, winning, and probably they'll win a head-to-head matchup again this year, this season, and probably finish head of the Longhorns uh, in football once again this year, and and most of the athletics uh, this season as well. So that wrap it up. Uh, once again, this is KG. That's for the Wildcat. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And as I always do, wrap it up in my closing conclusion. Be true. Be cool. And do more.